Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to TC Live, our one-hour pregame show on this quarterfinal Thursday at the BNP Paribas Open. We are presented all tournament by our friends at Safe Life. It's another day in tennis paradise, everyone. The sun is out and the tennis garden is in full bloom. Indian Wells sprawling with spectators all week, looking to get a glimpse of the greatest players in the world. Our Safe Life order of play, four singles matches. Folks looking to make the final four. Wimbledon champ Elena Rybakina up first against Karolina Muhova. World number one Iga Sviantek taking on Serana Kirstea. Then it is returning men's champion Taylor Fritz against Yannick Sinner. And top seed Carlos Alcaraz going for his first win over Felix Auger-Aliassime in the night session. Here is what's coming up on the show. A day after avoiding serious injury, Daniil Medvedev hurt another part of his body, but it was still thumbs up for a trip to the semis. Plus, Coco's run in California came to a halt Thursday. Now she heads home to the Miami Open, hoping to shine even brighter in the Sunshine Double. And with Taylor Fritz playing for a spot in the Final Four today, we go behind the scenes with his team in the 2023 debut of My Tennis Life. The two defending champs out on the practice court. Taylor Fritz looking to join fellow American Francis Tiafo in the semifinals. Said he loves the energy playing in his home event. Fritz has won nine straight matches at Indian Wells. There's Paul Anacone, the thoughtful eye in the background. Iga Sviantek hasn't dropped a set thus far. In fact, she hasn't played a three-set match all year. The top seed had to rally from a set down, though, to defeat Kirstea in their last meeting two years ago at the Australian Open. As always, you can find us inside Stadium One, just behind those windows. If you're in Stadium Plaza, give us a wave as we bring you in to our BMW Tennis Channel desk. Steve Weissman with my friends, Chanda Rubin, Prakash Amitraj, Andy Roddick. I got to tell you, Prakash, you missed a fantastic dinner last night. Uh, I mean, did, did you guys go big cheat? I mean, I mean what, what was ordered here? Everything. All of it. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know, you know I like to go to town on that stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't... Uh, Shanna, I didn't take many plays off. I was an involved participant the entire night. But. Well, well, look, this is, this is his last show of the week, so appropriate that you carved up and now you're ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm always carved up. Don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm super carb. Last day on TC Live. Yesterday you made your debut in the booth calling your first match. Yeah. How'd it go for you, Andy? I, it was fine. I mean, it's tough to mess up between Habes and Courier. Uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, match started. We talked about tennis said what I thought, and hopefully people enjoyed it. I don't know. I, Steve, I, you know, I never know what I'm doing. I never <laughs> know what I'm doing. You're, you excel at all of it. never know what yeah. I'm doing. Y'all yeah. looking like you could do the next Hangover sequel. Three of you. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little Ed Helms, Bradley yeah. Cooper. Yeah. 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 Three of us look like the morning after. Look at that. <laughs> 
<laughs> it played out well on TV. Uh, maybe we'll get a sequel at some point. But uh, certainly, fantastic stuff yesterday. And let's get you caught up on all of it. This is the match you called, Andy. Francis Tiafo just picked up his 150th career win. Going for another milestone, though, against Cam Norrie. His first semifinal at a Masters 1000. Yeah, and right here, he was able to bleed uh, Cam Norrie down the line with that forehand. Uh, he took Cam Nor. I was worried about Cam Nori's backhand penetrating uh, the forehand side of Francis. Francis handled that so well uh, all day long. And this is not an easy shot. Behind the service line, no pace. To hit a little dropper off that, he made that look a lot easier than it actually is. And again, I think he might have the best transition game in all of tennis now. The approach shots, the volleys coming forward. Wayne Ferreira has done a great job having him implement that more and more because he's so good at it. We'll see it again here. These cat and mouse rallies, Francis is winning them all day long, has such great instinct and feel at the net. That's not an easy volley either. And he makes it look simple. Technique is so great. Uh, always looking to get forward. It was inside the court. And again, bringing Cam in, making it a little bit awkward, setting up the pass. Played clean tennis start to finish. Uh, had a little bit of a hiccup at 5-2 when he served for it in the second set, but closed it out at love. Uh, this was actually played against the wind. So you see the emotion from Francis Tiafo. First Masters 1000 semis certainly won't be his last. Best transition game in tennis. Love that from Roddick. Tiafo hasn't dropped a set on his way to the final four set. I feel like when I'm there mentally, I'm one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Looking to win this whole event. And how about that? Entered the year with a four and six record at Indian Wells. Had never made it past the third round. Now he is in the final four. Joined us on the desk after. What does it mean to make your first semifinal at this level? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, you know, I always find that, you know, my series almost tougher than slams. I mean, it's it's go time from the first round, um, you know, and you don't have the days in between. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough and um, you got to put max after max together. So um, this definitely shows the, the level I'm playing at. Uh, it's certainly a very high level, Chanda. You were watching this match. Uh, what stood out to you? Yeah, I think for me, it was the transition game. And Andy, you know, mentioned it, you talked about it. You know, that is, I think, what sets him apart from a lot of players. Obviously, from the ground, he's gotten more consistent. He's, you know, gotten so more solid and just understanding what shots to play at the right times. But those moves into the net, he can hit the volleys deep. He can hit the drop shots. He can hit the angles. And he just looks so calm and comfortable up there. And against a guy like Nori, who's also looking to come in, he made Nori look out of sorts. That was the fun part about the match for me watching Tiafo work his way through that. What, what I'm loving seeing from Francis is you take a step back and you look at the macro, he, he's, he's finding so many different ways to win. And when you're not playing your best tennis, that's what separates you from the rest of the pack. You know, how, how good can you be on your average day or your bad day? And when you've got so many different weapons in, in the bag there, you know, you can attack with that forehand. The, the net game is just sublime. And he's getting a lot of free points on a serve. And as Chanda pointed out, his, his temperament, his mentality, the best I've ever seen it. And when you're thinking clearly out there, taking the negative emotions out of play, you're finding ways to win when, when you're not playing your best. Yeah, and, and he's able to chip first serve returns back and then rely on his athleticism. Uh, his forehand, the winners used to come in bunches, but then the airs would come in bunches, and that doesn't work against great players because when those airs come in bunches, all of a sudden you're going to get broken uh, at some point. Him being able to kind of f flip that forehand off of his shoe tops when Nori was driving that backhand deep in the court yesterday was as good as I've seen uh, from Francis Tiafo because that's normally a shot that struggles uh, a little bit when, when uh, 
you can attack it with with some pace. And also something that you mentioned off air yesterday that I thought was spot on. He's taking bigger cuts on his back end. He's so solid when he's rallying with it, and you know the short swing is what enables him to kind of get forward a lot. But he's taking bigger swings to bigger parts of the court, right? He's not taking big swings to places with with small margins. His back end, he's swinging, you know, completely out of his shoes, but to the long part of the court, cross court. Same with his forehand, inside out. He's taking a bigger swing than when he's trying to guide at line to to get the pattern that he wants. Overall, just playing way more intelligent tennis. Uh, you can tell that he's committed to his game plans, and that him and Wayne Ferrer are actually coming up with great game plans, and uh, he's going out and executing them. Aggressive shots to conservative targets, yes. like Anacone always says. And I love what he told you, Prakash. After. Job's not done. We, right. we, got, we got more work to do. Who will he play in the semifinals? We got Daniil Medvedev up next against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. We'll call him the Slim Reaper, Andy. 17-match win streaks. It started back on February 14th, Valentine's Day. A win over Davidovich Fokina Prakash. That was in Rotterdam a month later. They meet again. Well, we all weren't sure how uh, Medvedev's ankle was going to turn up, and it seems to be moving fantastic. The big thing for me here is there wasn't really too many ways where Davidovich Fokina could hurt Medvedev. I mean, on this slow Court. It didn't seem like he had enough juice. And overall, it didn't seem like he had a really definitive yeah, game plan out there. It kind of seems like he was just, you know, playing from the baseline, threw in drop shots here and there. Uh, he, he, he didn't have a concerted one-two punch, a backup plan in case that didn't work. He, he was just kind of playing out there. Medvedev, on the other hand, that's, that's one of the guys you absolutely cannot do this against. He sort of had his pick of things, put Davidovich Fikina in completely awkward positions. Kokina did find his way to six break points, though, largely in that second set. Wasn't able to convert any of them. Medvedev had a bit of a, a hangnail, which he had to get an injury timeout for, but didn't seem to affect him. Was able to get the break, serve things out, look really comfortable on his serve. 85% one in the first, 71 in the second. Yeah, added a bloody right thumb to the mix, but adds another win to make it 18 straight. Now two wins from his fourth title in a row. I'm actually happy the ankle didn't hurt much because when I warmed up, uh, it was hurting pretty bad. And I was like, I knew I'm going to play, I knew I'm going to try, but uh, I couldn't move well on the warm up. Uh, tried to warm it up uh, as, uh, as long as possible, took one painkiller, so that probably helped. And uh, yeah, I was, I was actually feeling uh, better and better during the match. The thing is that yesterday evening and today evening, I, I was not able to walk yesterday evening. So uh, when the body cools down, the adrenaline uh, comes out, it's tough. I was walking in the pool just to try to walk anywhere because I couldn't walk on the ground anymore. All right, take a look at the draw. Six remain. Medvedev, Tiafo. Right now, 4-0 Medvedev against Francis Tiafo. And then at the top, the matches we will have today. Alcaraz, Oje Aliassim, Fritz and Sinner. As we get closer and closer to a champion here in the desert. Said that ankle felt better and better during the match. Dominates Andy on a court that he continues to say he does not like. The, 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 the Slim Reaper, Slim Shady, just wrapping up another another victory. Yeah, Slim Jim, Carlos Slim, uh, was, was, was all over it. And for former players who know how hard it is on the best of days, on your best surface... This guy coming in here saying, I hate this service, all the while extending his win streak to God knows what number. You know how annoying that is for the rest of us? <laughs> I mean, props to him, though, getting through. I mean, that, that ankle, uh, you could see it in the slow-mo against Verev. He, he tweaked it. There's an injury there. Um, talked to someone who saw him in the locker room yesterday and said it's pretty swollen. So uh, a guy definitely, uh, you can see it again here, but um, th this wasn't a, uh, a soft ankle injury. But, I mean, it, ugh, you don't like that. Um, but, listen, the guy, the guy is such an animal. He's a great problem solver. He does not get enough credit for that. Uh, and he's tough. I think we, 
we kind of take away the toughness element because he complains so much, but he complains and then gets on with it. We mentioned it the other day, uh, but, you know, I, you can't go through him. You don't really go around him, and he can serve, you know, 135. So uh, he's going to go from hating this surface, hating everything about what he's been doing the last week to potentially winning the tournament. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think you could tell in that match uh, yesterday that he was feeling it a little bit. You know, he wasn't getting out to the corners the way we normally see him springing back, but he did what he needed to do to win. And you heard him say afterwards that it wasn't hurting much, but he worked it out. And I think the couple of days he'll have off from that match, it won't be as good for Francis Tiafo. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's Medvedev. I mean, he is such a good, um, you know, mover. He understands so well how to make adjustments in matches, how to play sometimes to his opponent and do what is needed. Uh, so it's been kind of fun to watch him work his way through that. Hopefully the ankle does feel better and he can, you know, play his best tennis. So much of these, these bigger events, the Grand Slams, these two-week events, is, is managing your emotions and body all the way throughout. And when you have a bit of an issue here, you know, it, it, can, it can cripple a lot, of, a lot of players, and then all of a sudden you're just out of the event, that's it, you feel better for the next one, and you move on. But, but the great ones, they, they somehow find a way to just get through a match, even if they're not 100%, work their way back to 100%. So many of the titles won by the great players... You can't be 100% all the way through, but you're problem solving, you're figuring things out, and that starts with the mentality. And uh, as you said, Andy, he is one, one tough guy, really is. He is a serious problem out there. He's a major champion. He's won Masters 1000s. But I'm looking forward to seeing Francis Tiafo. They, they haven't met when, when yeah. Tiafo is who he is today. Meantime, on the women's side, great one last night between Maria Sakri and Petra Kvitova. Sakri's gone the distance in each of her matches, Chanda, would need another comeback against the Czech. Uh, Kvitova, she started out on fire, volley missed there, Kvitova just dipping that ball enough, and on the third set point here, showing a little variety, mixing it up, throwing Sakri off balance, and Kvitova was well in control and would get up in that second set as well, was up 3-1 Kvitova was, but Sakri, she's been fighting, hasn't always played her best tennis in some of the matches getting to this stage, but she does not go away, showing some nice feel when she needed it, and just battling to find some rhythm and take that second set, and into the third, you know, it was Sakri, I felt at that point, uh, that had more of the momentum, got a couple of misses from Kvitova with that wide shot, and you know, once she opened up the lead in the third, you could see Sakri relax even more. She's been a terrific mover on this surface and started moving the ball beautifully, giving herself slightly bigger targets to hit into. And on this second match point here, she's still going for it. So this was a terrific hard-fought win in three. She's talked about the unforced errors, had 36 in the first two sets, just six in the third, finished with 21 winners. And Maria Sakri, last year's runner-up, looking good right now, moving back into the semifinals. Arena Sabalenka, Coco Golf, both playing in their first Indian Wells quarterfinal. Chanda, the American teenager, had won three of their previous four matches, but that was before Sabalenka was a major champion. Yeah, this was a completely different day, and I think it kind of shocked Golf for a minute because there was just nowhere for her to go. Sabalenka started out really breaking down the golf backhand, going hard to that side. She was unafraid, showing you know a little bit of the touch there. Not easy to not have Golf even get close to a drop shot, but that's how well uh, Sabalenka was playing. And you know when she got her nose out in front. And that first set really didn't look back. And that's been a big change in the Sabalenka game, that confidence, that understanding of how to play with big margins, and the serving. That didn't hurt either. She was so good, Sabalenka, on serves. The girl with the Tiger tattoo roaring onto the semifinals joined us on the desk after.
Was that part of your, your thinking to, you know, just try to really, you know, jump on her early so to not let the crowd get involved? Yeah, um, yeah, I was thinking about that, that I have to put so many pressure on her from the beginning so make sure that she's not going to feel that courage uh, from, from the people and then uh, she's not going to start, like, playing unbelievable tennis. So I, w I was thinking to, like, don't give her that power. Uh, she was doing what she was thinking. Uh, Sabalenka, four and three head-to-head. -head. But Sakri won their last two meetings. And then we got the matchups today. Will we have Sabalenka, Sviantek meeting for the title one versus two? It is all still on the line. And this was flashing back to yesterday when Arena Georges Prakash, I mean, she, <laughs> she just floating on, on cloud nine right now. Branson coming in. Andy, I mean, when you're in that good of a mood, I mean, it's tough not to play exceptional tennis. Yeah, that entrance into the, the tennis channel desk. I mean, if you knew nothing about tennis, you'd be like, She's playing pretty well right yeah. now. Like, I mean, she's kind of in a she's kind of in a, in a good spot, and it's weird because you're almost having to like rewrite how you go uh, about a match uh, with Sabalenka. You know, it used to be, a, hey, listen, she's physical. She probably hits it bigger than you do. Uh, probably serves bigger. Seems like she's putting second serves in the court now. But hey, hang in there. Be tough. There's going to be peaks and valleys. And now there's like there's going to be peaks and maybe some smaller peaks. That that's where she's at now. And it, it's you're kind of watching it in real time. But there are so few times in your career where listen, you might not know what what the result's going to be, but you know you're going to go out there, play well, execute, and force the other person to come up with something great. And that's where Arena Sabalenka is in this moment. The other issue is, on top of all that tremendous offense that she has, even when Coco was able to flatten a few balls out to Sabalenka, she just she ate them out and spat them right back. I mean, she's handling pace so well. So, as Andy says, you know, where do you go here? You know, you, how do you try to make her feel uncomfortable? Sakari does have a bit of a history with her, had a fairly comfortable win against her in the WTA Finals last year. So maybe she can, maybe she can use some of those spins. She's looked really decisive in that third set against Kvitova. And, uh, and worst case, maybe just flex the delt. You know, just just just, just kind of give her a little something on the on the changeover. You get in her hand. I I, I, that's that won't matter. <laughs> that's that's a, little, a little intimidation factor. No, yeah. I mean Sabalenka. She has just seemed to accept everything that's been thrown at her. And you know, it was really remarkable to watch how she dealt with even pace coming at her. And she just you know added some extra to it every single time. I think it's the mindset. I mean, we saw her floating onto the desk. We saw how happy she's been and just accepting everything that's coming her way. And I think that's been the big difference. I think she'll enjoy a little more height on some of the shots from Sakari. You know, it'll be good pacing. She'll have some opportunities to step in and hit. Can Sakari extend rallies a little bit more? Can she get Sabalenka moving? Very few opponents have been able to do that just yet and certainly not successfully on these courts this year. Last time Sabalenka played golf, she had 18 double faults. Yeah. Yesterday? Zero. Goose eggs. Zero. She is locked in. We're going to get Chanda's Fandle pick of the day coming up later in the show. You don't want to miss that. Plus, Felix Ojealiassime going for a desert double, playing with fellow Canadian Dennis Shapovalov. How the night train went off the tracks. Plus, Rafa Nadal has been out since the Australian Open. We have an update on when the Spaniards coming back. And guess who shares a Tennis Channel 20th anniversary memory in our next segment? Sloan, Jimmy A, Jesse, we'll be right back. TC Live at the BNP Paribas Open is presented by SafeLight, the vehicle glass experts.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. I think uh, one of the most memorable moments at Tennis Channel while we were on live television at Indian Wells, it was Brett Haber and myself who were doing the preview show. I grew up in New York. I live in Maryland. I've not been in a lot of earthquakes. All these West Coast people, it's like no big deal for them, so we're... (laughs) All of a sudden, the tent starts shaking. The joint starts shaking, and I know, I'm sure Tracy said that my head spun around like... Uh, some kind of owl. And Brett starts turning his head left and right because he's freaked out by an earthquake, which is so understandable. I thought that the world was coming to a screeching halt. It was uh, kind of interesting and fun to see uh, how Brett really reacted. But I didn't I didn't stop. The only thing worse than dying in an earthquake is doing a retake on a, on a pre-tape of TC Live in the desert. So, I, I mean, we might have fallen into a, an abyss, a crack in the earth, but I wasn't stopping a second. <laughs> it was, uh, to Brett's credit, a 4.7 quake. Uh, Rafa, he was on a massage table. He's, he said, I was very scared. So if you're not used to the, the California quakes, you know, you might be a little scared, right, Andy? I guess so. I was, the, the, the contrast between Brett's face, he looked like he was in the Blair Rich Project, project and, and Tracy, who looked like it was just another day. This is great. She Let's kept get, going. No yeah, problems. like, we, we, should we have lunch? So the, the contrast between faces here is, is maybe my favorite. She, she looks like she just heard a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and Brett looks like he needs a bathroom. You know, I don't, I don't know. That could, been, that could have been taken straight out of a sitcom. I mean, that, that was a scene out of The Office. It was it was fantastic. I'd never get tired of seeing that. Love it. I uh, loved it. Listen, uh, I, I thought like he, he probably thought he was on Punked or something like that. Like, <laughs> where, where, where are we at? Uh, hopefully, no quakes in the forecast today. Here's Fo- here's Fox West. Good job, Thomas Storm. Good job. <laughs> Hi there, tennis fans. I'm Vox Weather's Britta Merwin, and here is today's BMP Paribas open forecast. You know, the weather in Indian Wells, California, is spectacular today. Mostly sunny skies and temperatures in the upper 70s. Now, don't forget, you can always download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. Thank you very much. Brett just came in and told Andy he's number one. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> John Isner, Jack Sock, they're a top doubles team going for their third title in the desert with Team Sisner. Stay sizzling hot. We're rolling on dubs next. How pretty is that? Snow-capped mountains here in the desert. Ruben Roddick, Amitraj Weissman back on TC Live leading you up to this match. Quarterfinal between Carolina Muhova, making her debut in the desert, got to the Elite Eight, taking on the Wimbledon champion, Elena Rybakina. Let's get you some doubles action from last night. We were eating sushi while this was going on. Canadian superstars Felix Ojealiassim, Denis Shapovalov, teaming up for some doubles in the desert. Quarterfinals facing Rohan Bopana and Matthew Ebden Prakash. It was a pretty exciting guy to know what to do on a doubles court, but uh, it was the Indo-Oz team. 
got off to a good start, won the first set 6-4. And uh, a, a big stat over here, they won 82% of their points on the second serve, which means the net player, the partner, was really helping them out a lot. And a big shout-out to the man from India, both 43 years old, back into the top 15. Trying to get those young legs working. Matt Ebden helping him out at the net. Not a great day for the Canadians. I know Dennis was pretty fired up about the doubles because he was trying to get some matches after a disappointing singles effort over here before Miami. But um, all love at the net, and, uh, and they move on. Double specialists beat the single stars into the semifinals. Two-time Indian Wells champs, John Isner, Jack Zocklin, 2015 Aussie Open champs, Simone Bolelli and Fabio Fonini. Team Sisner on fire. There's just not much you can do. When, when Jack takes aim at you and you're the net guy, that's a bad place to be in. Uh, he's able to create so much spin, so many RPMs, and stick and backhand returns tonight. He's the guy, one of the only guys that chooses to go at the net man when the option is to hit at the baseline guy. Just basically handcuffs him with the amount of RPMs. Oh, Isner with the backhand return, of course. Let's see if that was center cut. Maybe a little off the edges, but we won't tell anybody, John. It's fine. Enjoy your backhand return winner. Hey, and enjoy another win in doubles. These guys, when they team up, doesn't happen often, but when they do, they win a lot of matches. Good footwork, sack, sack, sock the dominant player, and they just kind of run and jump by each other. Hobby week continues for Isder and Sock. Who needs singles, Steve? Uh, that, that doubles rate ranking is above the, the singles. Still pays. Right now. Oh, yeah. Listen, we got we got split in a cool $436,000 when you win this thing. Are you serious? I, uh, That's a raise from Marty and I won it. Man. <laughs> Semi-finalists split 123 grand. So uh, guaranteed at least that. Isner Sock, Opana, Ebden. A lot of doubles action on the women's side as well. Japanese duo Shuko Aoyama and Ashibahara from UCLA. Take it on Magda Lynette and Katie McNally. Shibahara made the Indian Wells final last year, Chanda, with Asia Muhammad. Yeah, she is a, such a terrific doubles player, and they would take that first set, 6-4, Aoyama and Shibahara. Shibahara there trying to fend off that volley from Lynette. With Lynette and McNally making a comeback in the second set. Nice returns from McNally. It would get down to the match tiebreak, and that is always a toss-up. But who would get off to a better start here? And who would capitalize in these moments? Nice volley from Lynette there, the feel around the net. But McNally there just misjudging a little bit. Didn't see Aoyama moving. She's such a quick mover up at the net. And the hands. That was incredible. She is so impressive. What she lacks in height, she has in feel. And there's the aggressor right on top of the net. And they take it in the match tiebreak. Aoyama all over the place. That's impressive. Uh, they lost in the finals of the Aussie Open this year. They're playing well. Shibahara won the Roland Garros mixed title last year for her first Grand Slam. So two more spots in the semifinals up for grabs. Of course, the Czech duo, the top seeds, Krejcikova, Siniakova in action today. More TC Live on the way. We got match previews, but first, my Tennis Live series is back with returning Indian Wells champ Taylor Fritz starring in the very first episode. You don't want to miss it. It's next.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Southern California Desert, leading up to first ball of the BNP Paribas Open quarterfinal Thursday. TC Live coming your way every day, 1 p.m. Eastern. Then it's 12 hours of live tennis from Indian Wells with encore coverage until play begins the next day. This year, my tennis life has a new twist. We start by spending a day with Team Taylor Fritz. Whatever I have last year, it worked pretty good. Let's just, let's just. No, Michael and I decided we're going to change everything. Because <laughs> it's all about adapting. Anything, Michael? Yeah. I, I have to go change it. Yeah, I'm actually going to go change it. <laughs> focus on that court for so much of your career and then all of a sudden your whole life is exposed and opened up into a, a different canvas. What was that like? This is normal to see ourselves, you know, on TV playing, but to actually be in uh, a Netflix show, it's, it's definitely uh, a weird feeling. So, Taylor, are you ready when we come to you? All right, everybody, start at five, four, Hey guys, and you'll pick up the Labor Cup trophy from last year, so it'll be fun. This year, Indian Wells, returning champ, not defending, returning. Champ. 
And that's why he's a great coach. That, that's the mindset right there. Returning champ, not defending champ. Uh, this year on My Tennis Life episode is going to drop at the big events, rotating cast of characters in Miami. We got Monica Puig, the Golden Girl, plus Andy's favorite, DJ Madlinks. And then in Charleston, it is the pride of the low country, Shelby Rogers. I would like to get a My Tennis Life of, of Andy at home. Like, you know, what's the day like leading up to and after you're on Skype? Oh, you, nobody, nobody needs to see that. <laughs> Andy, Andy, look, look, we, we have two adorable children. We have a dog. We have a couple cats. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, you got, you got your, your I'm, li- a ca- I'm a cat guy, mostly. Okay, oh, but are you a cat guy? Y'all didn't include the wife. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I, I'm talking about the responsibilities that he has to take care of. The wife, I'm assuming, is the one who takes care of you. <laughs> No, it's kind of my responsibility. Um, you know, I just, uh, you know, if I'm being in a moment of honesty, uh, Steve, um, I'm very excited. You know, going from Taylor Fritz to a couple weeks later to DJ Madlinks and right. his tennis journey is very exciting. Um, I really thought that this week it was going to be like a professional operation, and I wanted to see it, you know, go, go for in it. person, yeah. the whole yeah, what thing. Do you think? I mean, this is classy. Weissman not even having a pocket square today. I thought I thought we were taking the show seriously. Really, I did. You're, you're absolutely right. I just wanted to make you feel more at home, right? Because you got the polo. I just wanted to, to yeah, tone it down you, a bit today. I, I can feel at home. I'm just a little, you're, you, you, you're better than this, Steve. You're better than this. So you're saying you. you are underwhelmed. No, I'm saying, I, saying you guys are great. I just a little bit of effort go above and beyond. It's <laughs> like yeah. uh, you know, office space is like uh, just a little bit more flair. You know, just that, that's it. Hitting Weissman yeah. low. I mean, hitting Weissman that's low right. today. Yeah. Listen, I said when I walked out, like I was it. like, I forgot my pocket square today. I almost feel naked, you know. It's I've not- forgotten mine for 40 years. You're fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's going to be Life fine. goes on, right? It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taylor Fritz's life goes on. And how about where he's made a, a change from last year at this time to now? He was 20 in the world. And now he's a top five player, made his top 10 debut in October, entered the top five a few weeks ago, Andy. I mean, it, it's been a great transformation. Yeah, and, and often you'll see people have a big result, which winning here last year was a huge leap, right? It wasn't as if he built and lost in the finals of a Masters 1000. This was, That was a breakout tournament. And to see him kind of defend it throughout the year, right, and and kind of parlay that, sex, parlay that success into uh, a World Tour Finals appearance, and it feels like he belongs there, right? When you say five in the world, it's not like, oh, well... If he doesn't win this, he's going to drive out. He's playing uh, up, up to that number um, consistently. I don't care if he loses today, drops out, goes to 9 or 10 or whatever. He is a top 10 guy now consistently week in and week out, no doubt. What does he need to do, Prakash, to win to get today against Yannick Center? Well, well I, I think he's got to be the one on the on the aggressive front foot. Uh, Yannick is the one who likes to drub guys both sides, forehand and back. I mean, he looks phenomenal in that last match against Vavrinka. So I think as long as Taylor is the one doing the dictating, he's going to be in good shape. When Yannick is, is in the middle of the court and he's pounding it side to side, it, it's, it's, it's very tough. And, but Taylor deals with pace well, and as long as he can be the one driving play, I like Taylor to come through. I, I think he also has a bit of an edge on the serve. Yeah, I think, you know, this will be an interesting matchup because you think about the way center is hitting the ball, and he is hitting it big. He is blasting forehands. He can match Taylor Fritz in the pace department, so it'll be interesting to see who can kind of get the other moving a little more, who can take advantage of openings, create a few more openings, maybe play on the front foot a little more often. I think it's going to be a terrific battle. I don't know who I would edge towards. I think Fritz, because he won this tournament, he's feeling those good vibes or – is it good tones? I don't know, Steve. If I'm it's Tiafo, it's tones I'm not for sure. sure. Tones is. and vibes interchangeable, I, okay. I believe. Okay. Uh, Andy, as somebody who knows how to get from five to four to three to two to one, I mean, how do you make that jump? He's now at five. How do you get to one? 
Well, easier said than done. The obvious kind of vacancy in his resume right now is consistent results at, at Grand Slams. Um, yep. Took a, a you know a, a pretty shocking loss to Brandon Holt early uh, in the U.S. Open last year. Uh, probably exited Australia faster than than he would have wanted to. It's easy for us to sit up here and say go further in Slams. It's not easy when you're actually trying to do it. But that is the obvious answer, right? To to progress to two to one, you don't do that by not consistently making the tail end uh, of Grand Slams. He has the game for it. He's sure. capable. Uh, I think he's going to get more comfortable in the three out of five set format so he can do it uh but it, it's 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 hard i mean it's 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 hard advancing and seven three out of five matches 14 days um but in week in and week out he looks like a number the number five player in the world made the quarterfinals at wimbledon last year first major quarterfinal he set his goal this year to make a major final be able to have a shot at raising one of those grand slam trophies well tennis.com is your source for all the information throughout the bnp paribas open and the sunshine double it's easy just scroll down to see live scores click on all scores for a full list of current scores and match results plus you can check out the men's and women's draws and get access to full match replays on tennischannel.com download the app to get the full Indian Wells experience. Leading you up to first ball, we are just 20 minutes away from Muhova Rabakina. Don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live, presented by Safe Flight, 22-time major champion Rafa Nadal, struggling with an ankle injury during this year's Australian Open. He lost in straight sets to Mackie McDonald in the second round. Nadal's earliest exit at a major since 2017. But we've got some good news on when the King of Clay is coming back. According to Monte Carlo Tournament Director David Massey, Rafa was the first to be registered there. Quote, he really wants to play at the Monte Carlo Masters and is giving himself every chance to take part in the tournament that he is so fond of. Eleven titles he's had in Monte Carlo. That's, that's as many Masters as Sampras won overall. Incredible. Uh, no player in 2018 won more than five games against Nadal in Monte Carlo. Five times he has won this event without dropping a set. Now, we've been talking, Andy, about Daniil Medvedev, 18 straight wins. Rafa Nadal has been in the top ten for nearly 18 straight years. And coming up on Monday, for the first time since 2005, he's going to exit the top ten because of this injury. But how remarkable is that? It's the, the, the numbers that the, the, the three guys, uh, obviously Roger, Rafa, and Novak, have put up. And we were talking about this earlier. 18 years in the top 10, that's, that's, like, that's like video game numbers. Like when you get good at a video game and you're a kid and you can just yeah. run up these insane stats and score like 250 points in an NBA game. Like <laughs> it, it makes no sense. Um, but they've just completely changed the narrative of what all-time success looks like. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking, and I remember having conversations at the U.S. Open last year, and people were all, all excited about Alcaraz, as we all should be. He's one of the best prospects we've seen since them. Yeah. And people are going, do you think he's going to win 10 slams? I'm like, that's where, the, that's where it starts now? <laughs> like, that's, that's more than Becker, Edberg, McEnroe, Agassi. We're starting at one less than Borg with the conversation, and that's a direct result of how much we've been spoiled by the successes of, of these three and the crazy numbers that – they've put up and continue to put up. It's, it's just nuts. It doesn't make sense. It's so interesting the way he ended the year last year, obviously not the way he wanted in, in Turin and Paris and so forth. But when he left Turin, he said, you know what, I, I don't know if I'm going to return to my best level, but I, I'm going to die for it. 
-hmm. And and I mean, at, at this stage, 22 Grand Slams in, in the bag, and and that's how you still feel that hunger is still within you. It, it it's what makes these guys so exceptionally special. And when you look at the injuries Rafa's had to deal with, you think, gosh, will he be able to come back and win another Grand Slam? Y you lean towards no because you saw the way he was in Australia in Paris and Turin, but then. The way he's been operating his whole career, you just can't say never with a guy like this. So it's going to be tremendously exciting. I would love to love to see him at full health when he returns to the clay. Yeah, it's just a whole different mindset, and it's been incredible when you watch, you know, just even looking at it now, the career of Rafa Nadal, the number of times he's been injured or, or been playing hurt, or maybe you didn't even know about what he was dealing with at the time, and he's still winning these tournaments, winning these, you know, big events. And last year, I look back and I think, you know, did we even see that year coming, starting in Australia um, with Nadal? So you can never count him out if he can get healthy, if he can find a way to just consistently get out on court. I think that has been more of a struggle so that's the the one issue probably for him he likes to be out on court getting matches in so can he get back to that stage physically hopefully we'd love to see him maybe make another run or two out there absolutely uh, that's such a great point Chanda and listen you pick against the goats at your own peril uh, Andy he's already been out practicing uh, at his academy in Mallorca so he's back on the tennis court Clay is where he wants to return, hopefully Monte Carlo. How long do you think it'll take him to get back at the level that he expects? It'll take a minute. I mean, but the, the good news for him is the tournament that he targets every single year has the biggest run-up of, of big tournaments available to play. He can get his reps in. If he's somehow healthy by Monte Carlo, he's going to have, a, you know, more than a month of, of competitive tournaments to, to get back into to, to fighting shape and to get to where he wants to be. We forget that he did, by Rafa's standards, he got beat a couple times going into Roland Garros last year. He took some losses. Um, so it wasn't as if he had his normal run where he won everything on clay going in. Um, listen, if we're, if we're being real about everything, his shot clock is, is, is becoming shorter. He knows it. So he's not looking to be consistently great now. At this point in his career, he's looking for those shining moments. And I guarantee you, he's ha he has that Roland Garros circled every year. Every decision he makes from this point forward for the rest of his playing career will be with that tournament in mind, whether it's March and we're sitting at Indian Wells, whether it's October and he's looking at the next Roland Garros, that will be his focus for the rest of his career. That, that run-up that Andy talks about to Roland Garros, I, I think that's more important for Rafa that, than even if you look at, you know, Roger and Novak. They've been able to just sort of, you know, pop back after seven months, and, and Roger can kind of play his way into a tournament and so forth. Rafa needs reps. Yep. I mean, even if we saw it in Australia last year, you know, it was really good for him to come in and play that Adelaide event, mm -hmm. um, or the 250, rather, before before he got into Australia. So I think this, this lead-up is going to be great. He may not have great results the first couple of weeks, but it's going to be the best thing for him to give him that shot at those three out of five that matches where he shines at. Yeah, I think that's the main thing is just, you know, getting the body healthy and then, you know, having a little time to get into that, you know, match fitness that he knows, you know, it feels good for him going into, you know, the biggest event for him on the calendar. So hopefully the fitness physically he can get back. 14 times a winner at Roland Garros. Yeah. Still my favorite. And if he's hobbling into Roland, if he's on a stretcher, he's my favorite to win that event in, until he yep. gets beaten there. Uh, listen, we're going to talk a little Novak Djokovic tomorrow. Will he get to play Miami? Tournament director James Blake, your buddy Jimmy Blake, going to join us on TC Live. Unfortunately, you won't be here to be a part of the, that interview. You don't want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, James. We love you, James. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. You can uh, tune into TC Live. You can tune into Tennis Channel and all of our coverage on TC Plus. 
It's 20% off right now. Scan that QR code on the screen or go to buytcplus.com. Enter the promo code SERVE when subscribing. This special incentive available during the Sunshine Double. Back with more match previews after this. Back on TC Live with our FanDuel match preview. Elena Rybakina, heavy favorite against Carolina Muhova. Rybakina hasn't dropped a set. And Muhova making her tournament debut. However, would return to the top 50 with the win. Got to that career high 19. Will Muhova win a set? She is favored to win a set. Reminder, right now, FanDuel, give it all new users. Ten times your first bet and bonus bets up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now. Start making every moment more. All right, we're all interested in who Chanda is picking today because uh, on a bit of a two-match two slide here after going six straight. Hey, don't get in her head. She's still got 13 bucks over there. What would you start with? I have no idea. I believe it was 10. Is it 10? Yeah. Oh, so I'm just barely hanging on. Oh, or maybe it was zero. By the fin maybe it was. I'm, I'm hearing it was, I zero, it was now. zero. So you're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. How are we turning it around, Chan? How are we turning it around? I mean, look, it's, it's tennis. <laughs> what can I say? But I am going out on less of a limb today. Okay. A little less. Back to basics. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to pick Carlos Alcarez over Felix Oje Ali. I seem now, this may seem like Alcarez is a heavy, heavy favorite, but it's not as it appears. Oje Ali Asim has won all three of their matchups. So that's a little bit of a wrinkle in this. Uh, um, you know, whole pick. But I do think Carlos Alcarez, he's a bit of a different player. He's playing with different level of confidence. He's a Grand Slam champion now. There's a lot of intangibles there, but we'll see. Well, while I agree with your pick, Andy, do we buy it? Her selling it as as a as an underdog pick, you know, with the with the head to head in the wrong direction. Listen, you're viewing it through the wrong lens. I like to put a positive spin on things. Okay. At least she's not picking Davidovich Fokina over Medvedev <laughs> on a hard court again today. So I think there was, yeah, I didn't like it yesterday. I don't like it today. You won't I won't like, like it tomorrow. I won't like it tomorrow. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you who really didn't like it. Chanda when Davidovich I mean, was look, playing. You got to take risks sometimes. I mean, I didn't get to not six in a row without decisions. Like, I, I, mean, I didn't get like, to six in a row without risk. risk. That. That's not, you take Alcaraz. Great. You extend the streak. They give you that option. You take Alcaraz. That's the one. Not Davidovich. I didn't get to six in a row without taking risks. Over the real Slim Shady, Slim Reaper. Carlos Slim. Uh, speaking of Medvedev, remember this. It was our hot shot of the day 24 hours ago. Medvedev going overhead to overhead against Zverev. Well, the Russian himself uh, reminded him of, of a play back in the day featuring our own Andy Roddick. Oh, no. I saw some comments about fair overhead, and I was like, which one? And then I remember the one against Roddick. Well, his one was tougher because he was on the run and out of the court. But if I remember right, the moment was a little bit less... Uh, uh, less tight in a way because we had one all on the tiebreak and uh, I was one set to love down and the only thing I said to myself just hit it full power there is no other choice I hit it cross court and it was amazing shot well but I mean even if you try to practice it you probably miss eight or nine out of ten <laughs> so, sorry to bring that back Andy but I mean what what are your memories of this? The, I, look, I put my head down. It's like it's over. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he's running. I'm like, that, that's probably the sickest shot I've ever had hit against me. But credit to Daniel. He said that he, in the nicest way possible, 
Roddick was losing so badly that it didn't matter. <laughs> he's like, at least mine was like relevant as far as like the score. He could not have. That's, that's the nicest he's ever been to anyone while stating that I was getting run out of the room in Basel against against Roger. Like the score was so lopsided, it really didn't matter. It was kind of just an exhibition at that point. Mine actually mattered. <laughs> But that was a joke. I mean, also, Roger, like, if you look at this, he hits it almost over his shoulder. It, was, it wasn't as if he was straight on. His bo and complete body was turned in stride, creating some slight. It was, it was a joke. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, most of my matches against Roger, I was just really, really upset with the proceedings. And, I mean, I thought, I mean, you bounce it up. You're like, okay, there's not. He was facing the back. In stride yeah, over his shoulder. Off one leg. It was a joke. Who even tries that shot, right? I mean, you're like... Roger. Yeah. yeah. Roger. And to, to Medvedev's credit, not only did, did he, you know, give you a little love by not saying about what the <laughs> score that was, me. But, but he was like, Federer's was a lot harder. Yeah. Right? That, too, was in Basel. Crowd must have gone. It was. They hate Roger in Basel. They hate yeah, him. Yeah, I, yeah. I can imagine. They, they don't I like, can imagine. They, 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 don't, they don't like him anywhere, really. It's just, you know... Yeah, especially not amazing. Switzerland. That was amazing. The body twist. I do. My favorite part is where you look down like the point was over. I, I love that over. part. You yeah. snap one off. Like, no problem. Yeah. That, like, okay. I mean, that's well, what most okay, players would have felt. He's not going to get it. Oh, hey, you got it. And now I'm down. Okay, this is, this is, I like where this is going. <laughs> uh, Chandy, you're going to be courtside for a couple matches today, right? So yeah. uh, we're going to let you head down there. Maybe you'll see uh, a shot or, or a play like that. I'm looking forward to it, hopefully. Wow, 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 with that red dress, Chan. On court? Well, you know, I'm going to do the white hat again, Steve. Okay. So white hat go. again. Gotta, game strong. Yeah. Always strong. we got to get that going. <laughs> Reminder, three to see every day. Tennis.com with Steve Tigner. Chanda will depart. Three of us continue on. TC Live at the BNP Paribas Open is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Make every moment more. All right, time for the hot shot. As good as the miso cod at Nobu, Andy. <laughs> Pretty good. And listen, there weren't, there wasn't a lot to celebrate uh, with Coco yesterday, unfortunately. Uh, not many people have celebrated much against Sabalenka this year, but this one... Flashing the athleticism, flashing the hands. And it, does it sound like that crowd likes Coco at all? She, a can, she can make places <laughs> erupt and well-deserved well on that one. Electric. All right, featured matches of the day presented by Safe Flight. Four quarterfinals, the day session, Rybakina, Muhova, followed by Sviantek, Kirstea, and the men. Under the lights, Taylor Fritz, Yannick Sinner in the night session. It is Carlos Alcaraz. And Felix Oje Aliassine. Let's start by talking about the returning champion, not the defending champion, the returning champion. I like that. I like that. I, Paul's the man. Uh, Iga Sviantek, Serana Kirstea. What are your thoughts on this, Andy? Uh, again, I'm, it's, it's, it's no disrespect to Serana Kirstea. She's been a, a really good player for a long time. But when you're talking about a matchup, is where is she going to control any rally? How is she going to uh, establish dominance over Sviantek? What part of the game in the matchup is she goes, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how it's. I, I, I'm going to consistently win points. I don't see an obvious answer to any of those things. And I, uh, Sviatek on this court, when she has time, ball gets up, gives her a little love on her kick serve, gives her a lot of love on that, that big RPM forehand. Uh, I think Sviatek rolls. Yeah, I got to agree. Same thing. And the, and the other problem with Kristea, uh, she's going to have trouble holding her serve. She just doesn't have enough juice on it. It doesn't really move around the court. It kind of starts the point a little bit. That's the last thing you can do against Iga. So I think pretty comfortable. 
Igeshviantek. All right, and the match that we've got coming up just momentarily, Carolina Mohova, Elena Rybakina. They're in the cart right now. Okay, so so Rybakina facing back, Mohova so, so facing not, forward. Not a ranking thing. Not a ranking thing, apparently. Yesterday was two for two. We thought there'd be more of a, of a delta there, Andy, between who was sitting in the front seat and the back seat. What would you pick? Oh, I don't. I just where, wherever my opponent wasn't really. I, well, that, that was listen. On match days, the last of my concern was what seat I was going to have on the golf cart on the way to the court. <laughs> it wasn't on the top of the list of priorities. Like Iga's fiance, Rybakina has not dropped a set here. What's, what's impressed you most about her game? Yeah, I mean, she's kind of the most obviously on or off player on tour, right? I mean, when 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 she rolls and not losing sets in tournaments, you can almost like pencil her into the semis, and she's going to give you know fiance or a Sabalenka a, a run for their money. Um, I. I like her today. Uh, I was shocked that uh, Mukhova, this is her first time playing yep. Indian Welsh. She's been around for a while and uh, that, that was surprising to me, but a great debut. Not an easy place to get used to the conditions, but uh, I, I like Rabakina rolling. I, I like Rabakina in this match too, but one thing to note, uh, uh, Mukhova is 1-0 against Rabakina. Yep. They played once before, and she also leads the tournament on the WTA side of things with 75 uh, points won at the net. That's one area where she can actually make Rabakina feel a little bit of pressure. I don't think she's going to be able to do it from the baseline, so if she can use that all-round dynamic game and somehow work her way in, rush Rabakina a little bit, perhaps her best shot. Elena Rabakina, just so cool, calm, collective. We, we spoke yeah. to her the other day. She's icy. She's. I mean, I feel like she is one of the players that could take out Iga Sviante. Oh, she certainly. Well, she certainly has the power to do it. Now, whether she can execute on this court, that's going to be wait to wait to be seen. But her Sabalenka. I mean, they can hit through any court. And, and Rabakina, of course, has that serve as well. She gets a ton of free points on that serve. And when you're having such long rallies back and forth, those free points make a huge difference. Yeah, massive. I mean, we, we, it's, it's a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? You don't need to be perfect when, when, uh, when your serve is that good. There she is, ranked 76 in the world to win today. And the check is back inside the top 50. One in two sets. At the 2019 U.S. Open against the Kazakh. That was back in 2019. And there she is, your reigning Wimbledon champion. Nearly 300 winners this season. Second most aces on tour. Andy, uh, it's your, your last day with us. It has been truly a privilege to be with you here live in person. Uh, you are always welcome. We hope to see you again. I appreciate it. I, I'm thankful for the opportunity. You know, I, I think we've been doing shows from afar for, for three years or so, so I apologize for not being here sooner. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be this much fun. This is amazing. <laughs> it's like we're, we're, it feels like we're just chatting about tennis, but then, you know, other people are here too. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say, man, I know we keep it loose on TC Live, but uh, it is another level with you here, so we, we love it. We love it. Thank it's, you. It's the I best. It. And, and look forward to Roman Madrid, right? Back in your, the normal Skype situation. That's right. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be annoying all of you next month very soon. Can't wait. All right, top of the hour. It's uh, it, it's coming up. Quarterfinal Thursday. Brett Haber, Lindsey Davenport on the call. Chanda Rubin on the sideline. We'll have all the interviews on the desk. Stay with us right here on Tennis Channel.